This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 44th episode of the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our latest members on humanistreport.com. Today we have Laurelyn Keerley. We also have Sumia Tom Chatterjee, also goes by Sam, as well as David Elkins. So thank you all for supporting independent media. So on today's episode, I have several topics that are very important. Namely, an audit was released by the State Department, and it reveals that Clinton did, in fact, break federal rules. Now, additionally, I will talk about how Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump agreed to a debate. Now, since Hillary Clinton is now losing to Donald Trump in national polls, guess who's being blamed? Spoiler alert, it's not Hillary. So I'll talk about that. Also, I'm going to cover a story from Slate, uh, wherein one of their journalists said, don't believe your lying eyes about the polls showing Bernie Sanders outperforming Hillary Clinton against Trump. Don't believe the polls. So we'll talk about why that's ridiculous. Also, Jill Stein attacked the political establishment, and I thought that what she had to say really made sense. So that story, and also uh, I'll talk about how Bernie Sanders would dump Debbie if he was elected, uh, and how Senate Democrats are also considering dumping Debbie, otherwise known as Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz, the DNC chair. And finally, a journalist alleges that Bernie Sanders supporters who don't support Hillary Clinton are sexist. So all of these topics will be discussed today, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with some of them. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. I'm going to start with the most important story, and that is the State Department audit of Hillary Clinton's emails. An audit conducted by the State Department confirms that Hillary Clinton did in fact violate the Federal Records Act because she had a private email server in her home, and also because she deleted thousands of emails that she was supposed to turn over. Now, I should note that this is a different audit that is being conducted independently of the FBI investigation. So now the State Department Inspector General concludes, at a minimum, Secretary Clinton should have surrendered all emails dealing with department issues before leaving government service. Because she did not do so, she did not comply with the State Department's policies that were implemented in accordance with the Federal Records Act. Now this audit proves that Hillary Clinton has been lying about multiple aspects of her email server. Now first, if you're Secretary of State, you have to go through the actual State Department's emails, you are not allowed to use your own email server, hence the reason why she broke the law, because they have to maintain all of that for federal records. There's a reason for that. It's for transparency. Now, Clinton alleges that she was in compliance even though she did use her own email server because most of the emails that she did send were to people who were receiving them on the State Department email system. Everything I did was permitted by law and regulation. I had one device. When I mailed anybody in the government, it would go into the government system. That's a lie. That's still not allowed. That doesn't mean she's in compliance like she's contending she is. In fact, the audit states, sending emails from a personal account to other employees at their department accounts is not an appropriate method of preserving any such emails that would constitute a federal record. Second, Hillary Clinton contends that setting up a personal email server in your home does not constitute a violation of the Federal Records Act, seeing that she asked permission for it first, and so long as you ask permission, well, you're allowed to do it. Again, that's another lie, because not only does the audit state that Hillary Clinton did not ask permission to set up a private email server, but it contends that if she did ask permission, they would have said no, hence the reason why she probably didn't 
ask for permission. So that's another area where she's lying. It wasn't allowed. Now, there's also some additional components of the audit that are really telling. So the report illustrates that Hillary Clinton actually had reservations about her email becoming part of the federal record. So when one of her aides actually told her that she needed to use the state email server since some of her personal emails weren't being received by others in the State Department, Hillary was quoted saying, let's get a separate address or device, but I don't want any risk of the personal being accessible. So the question is, what were you trying to hide Hillary. What was so important in your personal emails that you didn't want it to become part of the federal record? This is really suspicious and doesn't look good for her. So there were a couple of State Department officials who actually tried to come up with a solution for her since she didn't want her personal emails to be part of the federal record. They talked about using two different devices and whatnot, but she shot down any attempts to actually solve the problem in a legal manner. Now, also, the audit reports that there were officials who were really concerned about Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server, uh, and when they talked about her IT director about this, they, quote, were instructed to never speak of the secretary's personal email system again. Wow. So let's just reiterate what happened here. So there were many State Department officials who raised concerns about Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. And when they asked her IT director about this and maybe to come up with solutions, they were told to never ask about it again. So Hillary Clinton knew she was in violation of the rules and she didn't care. This isn't surprising, but at the same time, these details really prove the extent to which she was lying about her private email server. Now, finally, there were incidents where Hillary Clinton was actually concerned that her private email server was being hacked into. Uh, and what did she do? Well, under protocol, you're actually supposed to report that to state officials, to security officials. Uh, but... She didn't do that either. Again, she broke protocol in this instance as well. So there's so many instances, so many layers of her being disingenuous and lying about her private email server. And why would she not report this to security officials so that way they can protect her email account from being hacked? Maybe because if they actually did have to do something and look into her email account, they might find something that she didn't want them to find. So she actually risked being hacked into just so she can avoid transparency and people looking into her emails. This is really, really suspicious for obvious reasons. She would actually risk national security and allow her email to be hacked just to avoid State Department officials snooping in it. That is insane. The lengths to which she will go to avoid transparency is mind-boggling. This, this may be unprecedented, honestly, in terms of an, a public official trying to shirk transparency. So clearly, this doesn't look good for Hillary Clinton. And if the Clinton News Network, CNN, and, and MSNBC pro-Clinton networks are actually ripping her over this then you know something's bad and that this is serious. But her campaign spokesman, Brian Fallon, contends this audit just proves what Hillary was saying all along. He states, while political opponents of Hillary Clinton are sure to misrepresent this report for their own partisan purposes, in reality, the Inspector General documents just show how consistent her email practices were with those of other secretaries and senior officials at the State Department who also used personal email. There are lies directly in that statement. And furthermore, no, it doesn't show... <laughs> how consistent her email practice was, unless you're talking about how she consistently violated the rules. So again, he talks about how she used a personal email, and that's consistent with other Secretary of States like Colin Powell. Not true. In fact, PolitiFact even looked into this claim and determined that it was mostly false, because even though it was the case that Colin Powell did have a private email that he used, well, one, he actually didn't even use email for official State Department business most of the time, uh, and Hillary Clinton did, 
But the main difference here is that she literally established a private email server in her house. That's unprecedented. No other Secretary of State prior to Hillary Clinton did this. So if you actually want to make sure that what you say in your email correspondences as Secretary of State doesn't actually get to become part of the federal record, then you've obviously got something serious to hide, something that would be a bombshell. And in fact, this report is a bombshell, and it actually blows my mind that her campaign would still maintain that it just proves Hillary's point all along. Now, again, I want to stress that this report uh, or this audit is different from the investigation being conducted by the FBI. So there's no correlation between the two. This is an independent audit done by the State Department's Inspector General, but this does not bode well for Hillary Clinton, and it kind of implies that there's some wrongdoing here that the FBI will find, hence the reason why I think they're probably going to uh, recommend an indictment. Again, this is not guaranteed, who knows, but this proves that Hillary Clinton has done so much to avoid transparency to make sure that her personal emails while she was Secretary of State didn't become part of the public record as is required under the Federal Records Act, which is a federal law that she broke. This is not okay. So even if it's the case that the FBI does not recommend an indictment, there's still evidence that Hillary Clinton is guilty of wrongdoing here. So now the question I want to ask is, how will Hillary Clinton's supporters defend her against this? Because anytime I've brought up the email scandal before, I get criticized for using these partisan attacks who are just witch hunts against Hillary Clinton by Republicans. Again, the State Department is not partisan, okay? This is clearly <laughs> an objective audit that found Hillary Clinton not only lied, but that she broke many rules, she broke protocol, she risked getting her email hacked, which would be a huge national security threat, just so that way she can avoid transparency and anyone snooping in her personal emails. The fact that she would even run for president, knowing that she is guilty of wrongdoing, knowing that they could find all of this out in an FBI investigation, and that she decided to remain in the race and not drop out, it's really insulting that she would actually risk a Republican presidency all so that way she can fulfill her narcissistic needs to become president because she thinks it's her turn. I'm sorry, but you're not entitled to that house, Hillary. Just because you were the first lady and your husband was president before, that doesn't make you entitled. Just because you were a secretary of state, just because you were a senator, doesn't make you entitled. It's not your turn. You don't get turns. We don't take turns, okay? This isn't a monarchy. This isn't an authoritarian regime. This is a democracy, a representative republic, more specifically. But you don't just get to assume the role of queen of the United States. That's not the case. So really what she needs to do is drop out. Now, again, people are going to call me extremist for recommending that. But again, she's being investigated by the FBI. And now there's actual evidence that she did a lot wrong. So if you can still continue to defend Hillary Clinton, then I honestly have no idea what to say. So as you all know by now, Bernie Sanders was snubbed by Hillary Clinton, who was supposed to debate him in California, but she decided that she doesn't want to do it. So instead, Bernie Sanders had asked Donald Trump to debate, and this was facilitated through Jimmy Kimmel. And when asked about it, Trump's response was, uh, yes, I am willing to debate. How much is he going to pay me? If I debated him, we would have such high ratings, and I think I should give take that money and give it to some worthy charity if we paid a nice sum to support a charity. I would love to do that. Now, Bernie Sanders immediately 
tied his hands and tweeted out, Game on. I look forward to debating Donald Trump in California before the June 7th primary. And he also tweeted, I am delighted that real Donald Trump has agreed to debate. Let's do it in the biggest stadium possible. Now, Trump said that if 10 to 15 million for women's health issues would be donated by the networks who would profit off of this debate, that he would agree to this debate. Now, it is the case that Donald Trump backed out of a town hall with Bernie Sanders before because when there was a town hall between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump scheduled, Trump is the one that backed out at the last minute and instead that became a Fox News town hall between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Well, I am not surprised to report that chicken shit Trump has backed out once Again, according to The Hill, Donald Trump states, as much as I want to debate Bernie Sanders, you're right, and it would be an easy payday, I will wait to debate the first place finisher in the Democratic Party, probably crooked Hillary Clinton or whoever it may be. Donald Trump also said that it would be inappropriate to debate Bernie Sanders. Sad. That is weak. That is low energy. See, now your new nickname is Chicken Shit Trump forever because you backed out not once, but twice. What's there to be afraid of? What, you're afraid of communist Bernie Sanders? Is he that scary? How are we supposed to debate crooked Hillary if you can't even debate Bernie Sanders, a communist, right? What you would do is effectively make Hillary Clinton look bad by debating Bernie Sanders. Uh, and it would be a win-win no matter who actually emerged as the winner. But because you know Bernie Sanders actually has more policy substance than you and that all you can do is espouse hot air, you knew that it might actually make you look bad and look like a weaker election candidate come November. Well, this makes you look bad because you're a chicken. You can't even debate Bernie Sanders? Come on, what's to be afraid of? You're supposed to be high energy. You're supposed to not be a cuck, right? But you can't even debate Bernie Sanders. Really, something that would benefit charity. So let me ask you this. Are you actually going to donate the 10 to 15 million to charity that would be generated because of this debate? I just, I, I don't understand why uh, you're afraid of this. And there were indications that he would back out at first because his campaign said something about, oh, it was a joke. You know, he was on late night television. He was just being tongue in cheek. Well, you agreed to it, and Bernie Sanders was serious about it. Why not do the debate? It would be epic. It would be amazing. It would have phenomenal ratings. And again, you would benefit charities. So why not? It's because you're a chicken. You're afraid to debate Bernie Sanders because you know it would look really bad on you when he whoops your ass inevitably. So chicken shit Trump once again proved that he is terrified. I thought you're supposed to be this no-nonsense, straight-talking guy, but you won't even agree to a debate. How is it inappropriate? See, you're being too politically correct, Donald Trump, because you rail against PC correctness all the time. But to say that to debate the second place finisher is inappropriate, that's some PC nonsense right there, Trump. What's going on? Are you going back on your words? You're going to turn into a social justice warrior in November? So I'm not surprised. I was skeptical that this would take place, but I'm just surprised that he backed out so early. I thought he'd at least wait till it was scheduled and back out at the last minute like he did with the Fox News town hall. But he's proven that, you know what? I'm so afraid. I don't even want to go any further with this because the internet's freaking out and I just can't be seen debating Bernie Sanders because I'm too afraid. So congratulations, Donald Trump. You are a chicken shit and now you look bad. Worse than if you would have gotten your ass beat by Bernie Sanders in a debate by just backing out of it. So by being too politically correct, by not wanting to offend Hillary Clinton, you've proven that you are a chicken. When you look at hypothetical matchups between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, aggregate polling shows now that Hillary Clinton actually loses to Donald Trump. Now, can you guess who's being blamed for this? You guessed it, 
Bernie Sanders is being blamed. So The Hill explains, Clinton surrogates say they're concerned that Sanders is still this late in the game throwing shots at Clinton and the Democratic establishment. I don't think he realizes the damage he's doing at this point, one ally said of Sanders. I understand running the campaign until the end, fine, but at least take the steps to begin bringing everyone together. It holds her back from controlling the narrative another Clinton ally said of Sanders' continued presence in the race. One Democratic strategist and veteran of the 2004 and 2008 election cycles predicted that Clinton would see a similar bounce in the polls if Sanders were to exit the race. I've never seen an advantage this big before on issues like preparedness to be president. And a big majority of Sanders supporters already say they'll support her as the nominee, the strategist said. Don't think so. Uh, some will, but most won't. So you just discredited yourself there if you really are a Democratic strategist because... If you don't know, the Bernie or Bust movement is very adamant about supporting either Bernie Sanders or Jill Stein only, not Hillary Clinton. Okay, so that's wrong right there. And furthermore, think about the logic that they're using here. So Hillary Clinton's poll numbers are sinking because of Bernie Sanders' continued presence in the race. Okay, well, if you flip it, then why isn't Bernie Sanders' poll numbers sinking because of Hillary Clinton's continued presence in the race? Why is it that he still beats Donald Trump on average by 10.8 points? Does that argument only apply to Hillary Clinton? What, are we not going to use the same standard on both candidates? I'll let you in on a little secret on who's to fault for Hillary Clinton's sinking poll numbers. It's Hillary Clinton. Now, the argument goes that Bernie Sanders, he's just so mean. He's pointing out facts about Hillary Clinton, that she takes a lot of money from special interests. Uh, she has given these speeches to Goldman Sachs, and she won't release the transcripts. Uh, that she... <laughs> All these attacks on her that are factual, you know, they're really hurting Hillary Clinton. So please don't bring up facts about our candidate. Just... Ignore the facts, because that's what we do, right? That's what we want to do as Democrats. We want to be on the same level as Republicans and Fox News and just spread pro-Clinton propaganda and not actually look at real factual evidence about her as a candidate. This is ridiculous. This is coming from so-called liberals. So I'll just say this. The attacks that Bernie Sanders uses against Hillary Clinton, which are factual, they pale in the comparison to the attacks that Hillary Clinton uses against Bernie Sanders. Let me just remind you that Hillary Clinton literally implied that Bernie Sanders is sexist because when he was talking about gun violence, he said that both sides need to stop yelling. And Hillary Clinton said, well, you know, when men say that women need to stop yelling, they're just being sexist. And he said the same exact thing to Martin O'Malley. Also, she implied that he is racially insensitive because when Bernie Sanders was also talking about gun violence, he said this really comes down to a difference between rural and urban uh, areas. And she said, well, when some people say urban and use that term, what they're really saying is black, implying that it's a black problem. And also, Bill Clinton implied that Bernie Sanders and his supporters are sexist and are like the Tea Party, and David Brock, a prominent Hillary Clinton surrogate who's the head of multiple pro-Clinton super PACs, claimed that Bernie Sanders was racially insensitive and doesn't care about black people because he didn't have enough diversity in one of his ads. Now, when you contrast that to the attacks Bernie Sanders uses, he just says, well, look, since you are taking millions of dollars from the big banks, can we even trust you that you're going to represent our interests and not the interests of Wall Street? Again... That's a real factual attack, so I don't even think that you can say it's an attack. I think that's a misnomer, because it's just facts. If you disagree with the facts, you're disagreeing with your candidate and inadvertently admitted that you have a weak candidate. 
Nobody forced Hillary Clinton to go and give these paid speeches to Goldman Sachs, but she wanted the money. So she's going to have to live up to the consequences of her actions. But Hillary Clinton doesn't like to do that. She likes to shirk accountability because that's what the Clintons do. They've been doing it all along and it's not going to stop right now just because she's running for president. Now, when you forget about the attacks and you just look at the details, Hillary Clinton may be losing because she doesn't bring in independent voters like Donald Trump does. She also doesn't have the youth vote. She's also being investigated by the FBI for criminal wrongdoing. And maybe most importantly, she represents the aggregate establishment. Donald Trump is anti-establishment. Now, again, many of his actions would probably be very establishment-y because he's planning to go in there and give tax breaks to billionaires, as his tax plan would do. Uh, and furthermore, he is a billionaire. He claims that he used to buy politicians, so why would he trust that he wouldn't behave in the same manner in the office? But nonetheless, Hillary Clinton, she represents the political establishment that we're also frustrated with. So the bottom line is that you can't blame Bernie Sanders for the fact that Hillary Clinton is a weak candidate. That's Hillary Clinton's fault. And furthermore, Bernie Sanders has consistently outperformed Hillary Clinton in hypothetical matchups against Donald Trump. So why all of a sudden are we going to blame Bernie Sanders for Hillary Clinton's sinking poll numbers? It doesn't make sense, okay? Look at the history of polling between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton when compared to Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders not just always beat Donald Trump, but he outperformed other Republicans. The one area where Hillary Clinton actually had an advantage over Bernie Sanders when it comes to Republicans is Carly Fiorina. But other than that, Bernie Sanders has consistently outperformed Hillary Clinton against Republicans, including John Kasich, who he was one of the first Republicans who started to surpass her in polls. So the reason why Hillary Clinton is not doing well in the polls is because of Hillary Clinton. This may change, but for now, this is the reality. Hillary Clinton loses to Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders is the stronger general election candidate. You can plug your ears, you can cover your eyes and scream, la, 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 no, she's not. But we have the data here. Are you going to believe that? Or are you just going to believe what you want to believe because the cognitive dissonance is too strong? I'll go with the facts. A journalist from the pro-Clinton media outlet Slate wrote an article about Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders' poll numbers against Donald Trump. And it will be one of the most hilarious articles you will read but unintentionally so. So in the article, it's laughably titled, Polls say Bernie Sanders is more electable than Hillary. Don't believe them with the subtitle. What they really show is a candidate who hasn't been attacked. So I'm just curious, are you referencing the candidate who's been called a communist, who has been critiqued for not being a real Democrat, whose ideas are pie in the sky that will bankrupt the country? Is that the candidate you're referring to who hasn't been attacked? I'm just curious. In what world has Bernie Sanders not been attacked? Because throughout the past year on this podcast, I've been debunking false attacks against Bernie Sanders by everyone. The Democratic establishment, the mainstream media. See, unlike Hillary Clinton, even though she's under an FBI investigation, the media has not given her the scrutiny that she deserves. Also, she hasn't been attacked by her own party like Bernie Sanders has. I've actually debunked reports that claim Bernie Sanders is guilty of embezzlement because he pays family members to work for his campaign. I've also debunked misleading reports about the cost of his policy proposals. I refuted false claims from Hillary Clinton. Clinton that claims Bernie Sanders is a sexist and a racist, and also I've debunked claims stating that his supporters are sexist and racist, not just from the mainstream media, but from Bill Clinton himself. So yes, it's very much the case that Bernie Sanders has been attacked, and he's actually been held to a higher standard of scrutiny than Hillary Clinton, who's undergoing a criminal investigation by the FBI, and that's when they even want to cover him. Any coverage of Bernie Sanders is negative. So I find it hilarious that you think Bernie Sanders hasn't been attacked. 
It's just not true, and you're living in your own deluded reality. And furthermore, most of the attacks waged by Bernie Sanders against Hillary Clinton are just factual attacks. He points out that she's taking a lot of money from special interests. He points out that she won't release her paid speech transcripts, the Goldman Sachs. She must be hiding something because... Otherwise, if you didn't, you would just release them. So, of course, it's the case that Bernie Sanders has been attacked. But I digress. Let's actually just get to the article and see what this journalist has to say. So, he states, It's true that Sanders does better than Clinton in hypothetical matchups against the Republicans. Currently, Sanders outperforms Clinton by more than 7 percentage points against Trump and by nearly 9 points against Ted Cruz. But that's not because Sanders is the stronger nominee. It's because Republicans haven't yet trashed him the way they've trashed Clinton. Once they they do, his advantage over her would disappear. A concerted attack on Sanders' weaknesses would hurt him badly in a general election. Okay, so the Republicans haven't attacked him yet. So, question. When Sean Hannity calls Bernie Sanders a communist and say that he's going to tax people at 98%, when Bernie Sanders is attacked by Donald Trump and is told that he's crazy Bernie and is a communist, what do you call those? Are those not attacks? Are those just friendly jabs? <laughs> Again, you're really crafting a reality that you want to live in that's not true, that's not representative of the world that we're all living in. Now, he goes on to explain why attacks on Bernie Sanders will be particularly effective in a general election, and he cites push polling as an example. He states, first, the caller asks the voter which candidate he's planning to support. Then she reads talking points from each candidate and asks the question again. Then she tries out some pro-Clinton and anti-Sanders messages. Next, you're going to hear some statements that someone could make about Bernie Sanders that says, After each one, please tell me how much it concerns you. One statement is Bernie Sanders is making big campaign promises that will cost up to $20 trillion. The New York Times said his plans are not realistic. Other independent experts said his plans are unworkable and dead on arrival in Congress. Another statement is Bernie Sanders' plan is to replace Obamacare and put all Americans into a whole new healthcare system. His plan would force 70% of Americans to pay more for healthcare through higher taxes. Sanders himself has said he will raise taxes. Right, that's called push polling, and he's actually explaining a real-life scenario where pro-Clinton push pollers had called people to see how they can influence the vote against Bernie Sanders. And there's a reason why this is banned in many states. It's because it's misleading. George W. Bush actually push-polled against John McCain and was asked, would you be less or more likely to support John McCain if you knew that he fathered an illegitimate son? that was black. And that worked. That was effective. So many states banned the practice because it's just wrong and unethical. So yes, of course, if you lie about a candidate and he or she can't defend themselves, then that may be influential on voters. But the fact of the matter is that in a general election, if Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders are debating and Trump says, look, your policies are going to cost $20 trillion, well, Bernie Sanders can defend himself and say, no, that's a lie. Even though it's the case that I will raise taxes, Voters will save money on average 5000 more per year because they won't be paying for these ridiculous health insurance premiums. And furthermore, Donald Trump's policies will cost even more. How much do you think it'll cost to build the wall? So there have been attacks against Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, but... What's been proven time and again is that the attacks against Hillary Clinton are more effective than they are against Bernie Sanders because she's sinking in the polls. <laughs> I don't know why we can't take that into account. But he continues. He says, basically, if you were designing the perfect target for Republicans, 
a candidate who proudly links socialist economics to hippie culture, libertinism, left-wing foreign policy, new age nonsense, and contempt for bourgeoisie values, you'd create Bernie Sanders. Clinton could have attacked these weaknesses in the primary. Her supporters had an opposition research file on Sanders' associations with communism, but she didn't. In a general election, Republicans wouldn't hesitate. Would a GOP assault along these lines hurt Sanders? Absolutely. Sanders' explicit socialism would help Republicans broaden this critique into an all-out scare campaign about a government takeover. So you're literally arguing that Bernie Sanders is a bigger target than Hillary Clinton, someone who's being investigated by the FBI, who is historically unfavorable, who lies compulsively. That's someone who's not the bigger target for Republicans than Bernie Sanders, who they're just going to reinvoke the Red Scare, who many people who would come out to support Bernie Sanders, young people, didn't grow up during the time when there was this communist Red Scare, so it's not going to resonate with them. You think that Bernie Sanders is a bigger target than Hillary Clinton? So he claims that Republicans will hammer away at the increased tax point, and they'll also fearmonger about the increasing size of government under Bernie Sanders. But newsflash... They're going to do that under Hillary Clinton as well. They're already calling her a socialist. They called Obama a communist. Do you really think it's going to be any different? Really? Now, finally, he cites polls that actually disprove his point, but he states that even though it's the case that a majority of citizens support a single-payer healthcare system, they support free college tuition, he says that when you reframe those polls, correctly so, it is the case that uh, people become less inclined to support those policies if they know that their taxes will go up. You tell us don't believe the polls. So why should we only believe the polls that prove your point and then disregard the ones that don't prove your point? It doesn't make sense. Now, he also contends that voters will be more supportive of this incremental approach that Hillary Clinton puts forth because everyone gets so excited when they say, you know, we're just going to have the same status quo politics, even though income inequality is getting historically high. You know, I'm going to be incremental. I'm going to be Obama's third term. Ooh, how exciting. I can't wait to get out and vote for that. <laughs> that's that's not what excites people. Bernie Sanders excites people because he's actually proposing systemic change. Incremental change is not exciting. People are not going to get out to vote for the same exact thing they've had for the last eight years. So it is the case that Bernie Sanders has been attacked by the mainstream media and Republicans. And in spite of this, he still polls better than Donald Trump in hypothetical matchups than Hillary Clinton. So your argument is wrong. It's invalid. You're also not accounting for the excitement that Bernie Sanders generates. You're not accounting for the fact that he gets the youth vote to come out. The youth vote helped carry Obama into the White House in both 2008 and 2012. If they're not excited, if they're not going to come out to vote for Hillary Clinton, as is indicated by the primary process, what makes you think that these polls are lying? And furthermore, you're also underestimating the Bernie or bust movement. When we say we're Bernie or bust, we're saying we're not going to support Hillary Clinton. We may vote for Jill Stein, but I will not cast a vote for Hillary Clinton. Now, it may be the case that many Bernie Sanders supporters switch, but even if just a fraction don't actually come out and are really Bernie or bust like they say, that's detrimental for Hillary Clinton and it will cost her the White House. Now, also, I loved that you claimed Bernie Sanders is an explicit socialist and then he links to Bernie Sanders' page where he explains what democratic socialism is. Democratic socialism is not explicit socialism. Those are not equal things. We are one of the few countries in the world that don't actually have a social democratic party. Canada has a social democratic party. Are they an explicitly socialist country? Germany has a social democratic party. Are they socialists? Times are changing. The word socialism is not a boogeyman word that doesn't scare us. It may scare you, but that doesn't resonate with us. Now, here's the thing. 
We don't know if Hillary Clinton's poll numbers will improve or change with time. We don't know that. But we do know that Bernie Sanders has consistently beat Donald Trump in hypothetical matchups and has always outperformed Hillary Clinton against Republicans, with the exception of Carly Fiorina, who Hillary Clinton outperformed Bernie Sanders by a fraction of a percent against. So, yeah. Hillary Clinton is less electable than Bernie Sanders, and that's partially because he can pull in a lot of independents, but it's also contingent on the fact that he doesn't have historically high unfavorability ratings like Hillary Clinton does. It's also in part due to the fact that Bernie Sanders is not undergoing a criminal investigation for Hillary Clinton. She broke the Federal Records Act. That's what the State Department audit shows, and yet you think that it's crazy that she would be a smaller target for Republicans than Bernie Sanders. I find this ridiculous. Look, you don't get to tell people to disagree with the polls because you don't like them, because you have cognitive dissonance, because your candidate is losing against Donald Trump. You don't get to do that. Polls are polls. You don't get to cite polls when they prove your point and then tell us to ignore them when they disprove your point. So, of course, it's the case that someone who is disliked by both parties is a weaker general election candidate than Bernie Sanders. But please keep making this false argument because it just makes you look ridiculous. After the DNC chair, Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz spent the last week criticizing Bernie Sanders and his supporters over false claims of violence at the Nevada convention, Bernie Sanders made her feel the burn. So when asked about the state of the race between her and her opponent, Tim Canova, Bernie Sanders said, clearly, I favor her opponent. Uh, and when it comes to her position as the DNC chair, Bernie Sanders said that he would dump Debbie. He said, in all due respect to the chairperson, if elected president, she would not be reappointed to the chair of the DNC. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I couldn't contain myself after that because I just, I'm imagining like her face as she is hearing him say this. Now, he officially endorsed Tim Canova. And then the very next day, Tim Canova earned $250,000 from Bernie Sanders supporters, Tim Canova supporters from all across the country. So it just proves again that Bernie Sanders is a fundraising machine and he doesn't have to be corrupt to do it. Now, of course, Debbie decided to take the high road uh, and she had this to say. Even though Senator Sanders has endorsed my opponent, I remain, as I have been from the beginning, neutral in the presidential Democratic primary. I look forward to working together with him for Democratic victories in the fall. Uh, including... including <laughs> This is the second time she said she's neutral. Debbie, you keep using that word. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Now, to top off Debbie's downer of a day, Senate Democrats actually deliberated on dumping device of Debbie. The Hill explains, Democrats backing likely presidential nominee Hillary Clinton worry Wasserman Schultz has become too divisive a figure to unify the party in 2016. There have been a lot of meetings over the past 24 hours about what color plate do we deliver Debbie Wasserman Schultz's head on, said one pro-Clinton Democratic senator. The lawmaker said senators huddled on the chamber floor last week to talk about Wasserman Schultz's future and estimated that about a dozen have weighed in during private conversations. I don't see how she can continue to the election. How can she open the convention? Sanders supporters would go nuts, said the lawmaker, who requested anonymity because of the sensitive nature of the discussions. Now they continue, there is no indication Wasserman Schultz has any plans to leave her post, and Senate sources stress that a final decision won't be made until Clinton and Sanders negotiate some type of deal aimed at healing the party. A senior Senate Democratic aide said, there's a strong sentiment that the current situation is untenable and can only be 
fixed by her leaving. There's too much water under the bridge for her to be a neutral arbiter. Another Democratic senator who supports Clinton said Wasserman Schultz will hurt her chances of rallying the liberal base in the fall. We need to get this figured out and come together, said the lawmaker. Hillary's got the nomination. She needs Bernie's energy. It's time for her to accommodate. It's time to pick hard-nosed people to cut through things and figure out a deal. They need to know this is their primary, the lawmaker said, observing that if Wasserman Schultz were to be replaced as party leader, young liberals may become more enthusiastic about the ticket. Now, I just want to reiterate, this is coming from pro-Clinton senators who are saying that Debbie do anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz is divisive, that she shouldn't be party chair. Still, they, they acknowledged that this is unfair to Debbie because she's just been so fantastic to Democrats and she's done so much for the party. Uh, no, she sucked for Democrats because not only did they lose more House seats under her tenure, they lost the Senate, they may lose the White House, they've lost seats in state legislatures across the country. So how can you say she's been great to Democrats? She's disenfranchised hundreds of thousands of Bernie Sanders supporters, millions of Bernie Sanders supporters. She's given progressives the middle finger at every single turn. How can you say she's been great to Democrats? She's responsible for losing a significant portion of the Democratic Party us progressives, because we're not going to vote for Hillary in November. But these Senate Democrats think that dumping her and using her as a scapegoat will be necessary if they do want to unify the party in November. Now, let's be clear here. I'm still not going to vote for Hillary Clinton if you do dump Debbie, but I will give you a high five, but that's it. You don't get anything more than that. I'm still not voting for Clinton, but please do dump Debbie because we don't like her. She's divisive. And I think that this deliberation here about dumping Debbie is a good indication that maybe the Democratic Party is waking up. Yeah, Hillary Clinton does need Bernie Sanders' enthusiasm, but she's not going to get it. She can't get the youth vote. And I'm sorry, I'm not really excited to go and vote for incremental change. But since this article was released, there have been many Senate Democrats that came to her defense. So Barbara Malinsky says, I think Debbie Wasserman Schultz has done a good job. Bill Nelson said about the prospect of replacing her, that is not going to happen. I certainly wouldn't let it happen. Tim Kaine said, we don't need to be making a change in chairs right now. Kirsten Gillibrand said, she helped elect Barack Obama twice, and she's going to help elect our nominee, whom I believe should be Hillary Clinton. And she also remarked that she loved the smell of her own farts, because that's what it sounded like. You know, someone who talks like that, it sounds like they love the smell of their own farts, but I digress. So Jean Shaheen said uh, that she also contacted the Hill to express her support for Debbie Do Anything for Hillary. Now, DNC Communications Director Louis Miranda said uh, that the real story that you should be reporting is that a bunch of notable U.S. Senators and members of Congress on the record expressing support for the strong leadership role that Debbie Wasserman Schultz has had. Uh, no, the real story is that Democrats have deliberated on dumping Debbie. That's the real story. <laughs> so you can try to reframe that as you want to save face, but we don't like Debbie. We call her Debbie do anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz for a reason. It's because we believe she would literally do anything for Hillary Clinton, including be her scapegoat, since we dislike Hillary Clinton and Debbie do anything for Hillary. Well, they think that, well, if we get rid of Debbie at least, maybe they'll be more inclined to support Hillary Clinton. No, not going to happen, but I still do want you to get rid of Debbie. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to support Hillary Clinton. She's had a momentous advantage because of Debbie's corruption and rigging the system against Bernie Sanders. Again, she corroborated with Hillary Clinton's campaign in the beginning to set debates on weekends and to limit them. And then to have this ridiculous exclusivity clause so that way if Bernie Sanders even decided to debate on a different network that wasn't sanctioned by the DNC, well, she would say, well, you're banned from future debates. And that would only serve to benefit Hillary Clinton. That's just one of the many ways 
ways that she tried to rig it for Hillary Clinton. She also cut off his access to Van, which she did to Tim Canova, her opponent as well. So Debbie is using her power for immoral, unethical reasons to tilt the balance in favor of establishment Democrats. And it's pissing off a lot of progressives. So all these dumbasses who came out to show their support for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, all you're doing is proving the point proving that we should be dissatisfied with the establishment because you guys are out of touch. You're dunces. You get there to serve the interests of your corporate donors, and that pisses us off. So if you don't serve us, guess what's going to happen? We're going to go bye-bye. There's National Dump Dems Day on July 29th. That's all your corruption. That's all your bullshit that you've done. That's all the slandering of Bernie Sanders and his supporters that you've done. That's you. That's on you. And it's on Debbie, and it's on... All the idiotic Democratic establishment members who have done nothing but sling mud in the faces of Bernie Sanders and his progressive base. So, you guys lost us. Uh, now, the best you can do is try to move in the right direction to get us back somehow, someday. Uh, dumping Debbie would be a start, but that doesn't mean we're going to vote for Hillary. Sorry. Pop quiz. What do you call a straight white male who refuses to support Hillary Clinton and will only support Bernie Sanders or Jill Stein? Sexist. That's right, so Huffington Post published an article by a journalist claiming that the reason why straight white males don't support Hillary Clinton is because they're sexist. Now, it may not be overt, it may be subconscious, but nonetheless, they are sexist. But she said the trigger word for me, a straight white male, and we have to sound the alarms. Okay, so let's get to her argument. She says, as it becomes more possible that Hillary Clinton could well be our first female president, sexism in the United States is made apparent to me in ways it never was before. Whether you're a woman for Bernie or a woman for Hillary, I ask you to just please pause for a moment and think about the straight white men in your life. Do you personally know even one straight white man backing Clinton this election? Uh, I'm not a woman, but I'm going to answer this anyway. Uh, I don't know any Hillary Clinton supporters in real life. None. Uh, gay, straight, white, black, male, female, none. Uh, do the white, straight uh, males on Twitter who are pro-Clinton supporters who tweet at me and harass me all the time, do those count? Because if so, then yeah, I, I know Hillary Clinton supporters who are white and straight, but otherwise, I just don't know any Hillary Clinton supporters in real life because... Nobody's really excited about her. But I digress. Let's dive into her argument. So she says, as the New York Times reported in March, white men have been the only demographic to consistently resist voting for Hillary during the primaries, suggesting that difficulty securing the white male vote comes from a place of sexism. This particular issue for Hillary is a sharp turnabout from 2008 when she won double digit victories among white male voters. She contradicted herself immediately there uh, when she was running against a black opponent. Eight years ago, white males were more okay with the idea of a white woman as president than a black man, but in 2016, they still prefer both white male contenders, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, to a potential female president. Correlation does not equal causation. Just because many white males don't want to support Hillary Clinton, it doesn't mean that that's correlated to sexism. It just means that they don't support Hillary Clinton because there's a lot of white males in the country. <laughs> that doesn't suggest what you think it's suggesting. In fact, you don't have evidence for that. And furthermore, you contradicted yourself in the same paragraph. You said, well, you know, she can't get support from white males except 
she did get support from white males in 2008. See, what you don't know is that these white males, they're also racist. So they would rather have a woman become president, even though they hate women, over a black man. It's not just because they agreed with her more than and whatnot. And furthermore, uh, we were called sexist back then too. I recall an article titled, Hey Obama boys, back off. So were we sexist or racist? I, I mean, we need to figure this out. What are we guys? So look, it doesn't matter if you agree more with Bernie Sanders on the policy substance than Hillary Clinton. It doesn't matter if you're afraid that she's a less electable general election candidate because she's currently being investigated by the FBI for criminal wrongdoing. That doesn't matter. See, if you don't support Hillary Clinton and you're a straight white male, sexist. So she said a new poll on Politico suggests that 25% of Sanders supporters will not support Hillary should she secure the nomination, but will instead support Trump. One such Bernie backer is Spencer Thayer, a straight white male ugh, who started won'tvotehillary.com. And she says, I refuse to link it because that sexist shit does not need more traffic. We'll look at that in a minute. She says, Thayer is encouraging Sanders supporters to vote against Hillary at all costs, even if it means a Trump presidency. I find it hard to believe that a straight white young man who so adamantly supports Sanders would be happy to have an insane billionaire for president unless he, like Trump and so many of his supporters, male and female alike, simply can't fathom a woman in the Oval Office. Okay, let's look at this sexist piece of shit website she's talking about because I'm going to be pissed if I go in there and see some sexist bullshit. So let's see here. It says, under no circumstances will I vote for Hillary Clinton. The DNC and the Clinton machine are using the same dirty tricks they used in 2008. Sign this pledge and send a message to the establishment that democracy is not playing, is not a plaything for the elite. So I'm not seeing anything sexist yet. Um, all I see is substance. So reasons why you shouldn't vote for her. Um, Latinos say Clinton is dangerous for immigrants at LA protests. The Clinton foreign policies will make Iran and Syria worse. Hillary's atrocious race record has been painful. So yeah, these are all substantive policy positions and there's quite a bit actually i'm not finding anything about uh we shouldn't vote for her because she's a woman let me do a control f and search for woman not found yeah so there's nothing on here that leads me to believe that this website was started for sexist intentions in fact all it is is policy substance on this website I couldn't find anything sexist. It's all just policy reasons why you shouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Now, finally, she says that Bernie Sanders' young female supporters do not yet understand that the information that they're being given for Bernie and or against Hillary is coming from bros of all ages like Spencer Thayer, who mostly just wants page clicks to pay for his DJing equipment, betch. I don't know what that means. Uh, they don't yet know that the disrespect and hate they feel for Hillary is disrespect and hate that will soon be coming their way if real feminist change doesn't move through the United States post-haste. So here's what her argument effectively comes down to. If you don't support Hillary Clinton and you're a straight white male, you're sexist. Whether you acknowledge that or if it's uh, subconscious, you're a sexist. That's why you don't like Hillary Clinton. It's not because of the policies. It's because you are a sexist. You don't want a woman in the White House. Okay, well, let's accept that that's true for a minute and let's flip that around. We can say uh, that you're anti-Semitic because you don't support Bernie Sanders. Is it because he's a Jewish candidate? Why are you so anti-Semitic? Why do you hate Jewish people? Me, I'm a gay dude. Uh, I actually think that if you support Hillary Clinton, since she's worse on LGBT rights, since it took longer for her to come around to the idea of marriage equality and Bernie Sanders has historically been better on the topic, I think that because of this, you're homophobic. Why do you disagree with me? Stop being so homophobic. Look, if these arguments sound ridiculous, it's because they are. And I don't see how any of those arguments that I just used are less ridiculous 
than your argument. Never mind the fact that Hillary Clinton voted for the Iraq war. She wants a Syrian no-fly zone, so if you vote for her, then you will inevitably be giving her permission to bomb foreign countries. Never mind the fact that these straight white males who you are accusing of sexism, uh, they initially tried to draft Elizabeth Warren to run against Hillary Clinton because we don't like Hillary Clinton because of policy reasons. Never mind that fact. Never mind the fact that most of us will be voting for Jill Stein if Hillary Clinton is indeed the nominee. Let's just forget about all that. Because we disagree with you, because we don't like your candidate, we're sexist. See, I also love the divisiveness of this article because she uses the term straight white male as if it has negative connotations. Look, I shouldn't have to say this, but being straight or white or male, it's not a choice. It's just something that people are born with. And is it the case that straight white men may not have the experience of women or women of color or other people or uh, people from the LGBT community? Well, yeah, but there's something called intersectionality. Bernie Sanders is the one candidate who's actually going to fight for the interests of the working poor class to raise minimum wages and to make sure that income inequality doesn't get any worse. Maybe that's why straight white men want to vote for Bernie Sanders. So how dare you not support Hillary Clinton because she's a woman, because you want to improve your life and actually vote for a candidate who's not a corporatist, who's not corrupt, who's not an elitist, who won't represent you? How dare you? Sexist! You're generalizing an entire group of people because they disagree with you and because of anecdotal evidence, because you don't know any straight white male Hillary Clinton supporters. Or maybe it's the case, just maybe, maybe there's a small chance that straight white men aren't supporting Hillary Clinton just like straight African-American men or women or Latino women or gay people or transgender people aren't supporting Hillary Clinton because of the policy substance, because she's not going to represent them. I also don't like Bill Clinton or Harry Reid or Chuck Schumer as well because of their policies. There's nothing to do with gender in that circumstance. Are you going to accuse me of being anti-rich or anti-old people because they're all older people? No, it's, it comes down to the policy substance. As a progressive, I would love to see a woman in the White House. I think that would be phenomenal. I would love for every successive president to break new ground, to break that glass ceiling, uh, to have a gay president, an, an uh, African-American female president, a woman president. I would love for that to happen. But I vote based on the policies. And if you really are going to claim that, then if it were Bernie Sanders versus Carly Fiorina... Would you vote for Carly Fiorina? Would you support Sarah Palin? Are we supposed to uh, support them as well because they're women? The thing is that you don't have any evidence to back up your claim. All it is is that you're frustrated that people don't support Hillary Clinton, that there's no momentum and excitement about the fact that she's going to be the first, potentially the first female president. Look, would it be great if she was the first female president? I think someone else is more deserving of that, like Elizabeth Warren or Tulsi Gabbard or Nina Turner. There are many great candidates for female president one day that will take that office. But I'm not just going to be excited and support someone because of their gender, because they're going to make history. I support people based on policy substance. Hillary Clinton has none of that. The operative term here is gender equality. Okay, I'm not going to support a woman just because she's a woman. I'm going to hold her to the same standard as men. I'm going to treat them the same as men, and that's what I want for the rest of society to do. Okay, so to actually say that we should only support Hillary Clinton because she's a woman, to imply that we're sexist because we don't support Hillary Clinton because she's a woman, well, you only undermine the cause of feminism. You make people more disenchanted with feminism when in actuality it's, it's something that I think we need. I, I support feminism. I identify as a feminist or a gender egalitarian. Either way, I want equality for women. But when you do this, you distort that cause. You make people turned off to this cause. You're using identity politics 
to divide classes. And that's wrong, okay? I'm not going to vote against my own interests because Hillary Clinton is a woman. Sorry, that's not going to happen. If you're male, female, black, white, it doesn't matter to me. If you don't have the policies I'm looking for, you're not going to get my vote. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. I will support the candidates that have the policy details that support me, that is going to, is going to be in favor of my interests. I'm not going to vote against my own interests. So this is the most laughable article, one of the most I've ever read. In an interview with New York Daily News, Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein attacked the political establishment uh, from every which way. She talked about everything from Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump and even President Obama. And what she said, I think, was great. She made a lot of excellent points that I wanted to share. So she states, polls show that the majority of Americans don't support either party. Most Hillary Clinton supporters are backing her to oppose Donald Trump, and most Trump supporters are doing it to oppose Hillary. So what is wrong with this picture? If our voices were actually heard, we would be dominating. As terrifying and dreadful as Donald Trump is, Hillary Clinton is part of the corporatized political system, predatory banks, fossil fuel giants, and war profiteers that created him. Donald Trump is that Frankenstein, but Hillary Clinton is not the antidote. Now, what she's basically saying is that all of the neoliberal policies facilitated by these corporatist Democrats like Hillary Clinton, like President Bill Clinton, it created Donald Trump. It allowed these billionaires to become so powerful that they can effectively buy politicians. Now, it's not a quid pro quo, but when you donate to politicians, it does make them uh, more vigorously defend your position. So there's a study from Holland Wayman who found in the 1990s, actually even before Citizens United, that they'll get a donation and they'll fight more strongly for the rich people who donated to them. Now, additionally, a study from political scientists Dr. Gillens and Page from Princeton University found that just regular non-affluent citizens have a statistically insignificant impact on policy, but elites and special interests well, they actually do dictate policy and are able to heavily influence legislative outcomes. So all of this has created these monstrous billionaires who are able to just buy our elections. They can decide who wins by donating to candidates in uh, congressional races where nobody pays attention. So whoever has the most ads usually wins. And furthermore, you create these monsters like Donald Trump where if you have enough money, you can just run for president. It doesn't matter if you're a buffoon or not qualified. You can just run and become the nominee if you have money. So what she's saying is true. Hillary Clinton is partially responsible for creating this system where billionaires can run amok, where they can dominate the political process. There's a reason why we have such high income inequality. It's because billionaires dominate the process. Now, she continues. Uh, she went on to criticize President Obama. So she was asked whether or not she thought he was a war criminal. And she said, do I think he has violated international law? Good Lord, yes. We have conducted illegal wars. The only legal criteria for war is something that is an imminent threat to the United States. But all these wars are aggressive. The drone wars have been the worst for human rights. It's an illegal assassination program. And worse, it's off target nine times out of ten. What's really scary to a lot of progressives is that we voted George Bush out of office and elected Barack Obama because he ran on an anti-war platform. He was against the Iraq war and it was one of the highlights of his campaign. But when he got in office, one of the first things he did was ramp up the drone war even more than uh, George Bush did. So he started waging these drone wars in Pakistan, Yemen, and Somalia with to a, a much higher degree than George Bush. And he basically delegated autonomy to the CIA to do what they wanted. And he didn't realize that there were so much civilian casualties that he had to immediately scale them back. And now he scaled it back quite a bit to his credit, but he shouldn't have done it to begin with.
all those do is when you use drone strikes is you further radicalize people in the region. They're not going to be inclined to say, yes, I'm pro-America after their family was killed because of your drone strikes. That's not the way that this works. So, yes, it is the case that Democrats are not doves like they say they are. They, too, are very hawkish. They may be less hawkish than Republicans, but that doesn't make them morally right. So by railing against the political establishment and holding all parties or both parties accountable, Jill Stein has a phenomenal point. And little by little, she is proving that she is really earning my vote. See, if you actually put Jill Stein on a national platform and you make her the Democratic nominee, if you could just appoint her to that position, she would win by a landslide, as would Bernie Sanders, because these policies that she's proposing are incredibly popular. The reason why they're popular is because she's saying things that you can't say. If you cut defense spending by 50%, we'd still have the largest military in the world. And again, she talks about canceling student debt. If you were to poll students and ask, do you want your college debt canceled? Well, they'd have to be an idiot to say, no, of course we want our <laughs> debt canceled. It's the case that, you know, uh, Congress bailed out Wall Street. So why can't we be bailed out if we're in trouble? If some of us are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, why can't we have the same privileges that the rich, that the elites have. It's because the system is rigged against us and the aggregate political establishment, that is Democrats and Republicans, are equally culpable in creating this system and creating Frankensteins like Donald Trump. So Jill Stein is awesome. She's excellent. And she really has earned my vote if Bernie Sanders isn't the nominee. Uh, love everything that she's saying. Well, that is the end of this episode, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in every single week so loyally, uh, and welcome all of my newest subscribers to the channel. Uh, it really means the world to me that you guys come out every single week to support me. Uh, many of you are members. Many of you like this video. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for the supportive comments. You guys are seriously amazing, and you honestly are rocking my world right now. So thanks for watching. I uh, hope you guys have a nice day. I will see you next week. Take care.